1: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are here, at Breaking Bad. We're, we're, we're around in the final tune here on season two. This is season two, episode 11, Mandela, um, directed by Adam Bernstein, written by George Mastras. First came out on the 17th of May, 2009. Really fun episode, an introduction to an unforgettable character on Breaking Bad. So, really can't wait to get into this episode. Um, and my name is Nick, and uh, these candles aren't going to hold out much longer.
0: <laughs> and my name is a guy who knows a guy who knows a- another guy. And if you have a complaint, I'd be happy to refer you to our website.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's good to good to have Saul back, but it's good to have a uh, certain somebody else oh, here arriving. Um, so yeah, good. And, and um, as one character departs, another arrives. So um, yeah, it, it's really great to uh, to feel like another you know, really important character of the show is now arriving on the scene, which is, which is great.
0: Yeah. I, um, it's kind of, I always forget when, I mean, you don't forget when Saul comes in, you have an episode named Better Call Saul. So, you know, that's going to be his first episode, but it's kind of, I always forget when we get our first taste of uh, a certain somebody in this episode. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. Uh, I mean, I, he might be my favorite character in all of Breaking Bad, to me, he's one of the best villains in TV history. I mean, so good. Uh, mm. And it's kind of just even his introduction is just, just it sums this guy up pretty well. Um, you know, so, yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited to finally get to talk about this guy because, uh, you know, yeah, you mentioned, I think, at the end of last season that this is a season that really gives us our core group of people that we need to make this show this show. And, uh, I mean, this guy is, if you've got a big bad in Breaking Bad, this is the big bad. So
1: yeah 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 absolutely and um you know i i think kind of what i really like about this show is that you know i, th- I think there are there are obviously different ways of, of looking at building a show and sometimes you kind of have you know new characters come along at the start of a season each new season whereas breaking bad kind of like sets the table at the end of you know season two and then lets it play out for two three four which is just a different way of doing things and and i really like it
0: yeah no me too and it's kind of because I think the quality of this show doesn't really dip. I think we talked about this, how it's kind of one of these rare shows where it just keeps on getting better, it never drops off. So it's kind of interesting how, yeah, the, the build to these characters, I mean, we've likened it a lot to Lost, where kind of a lot of our key players come in in Season 2 of Lost, which is, which is a rarity because, I mean, think of Nip Tuck. Uh, you know, we kind of got our core group in the first season, didn't we? Uh, and then kind of, you know, a few of the ones later on. Um, the only other one that I'm kind of think of that does this is, you know, again, we're just teasing all our other shows. Uh, 24, obviously, you know, behind Jack Bauer, Chloe is your main character and we don't meet her till season three. Uh, so mm. it's kind of, there's a few shows that do it. But, yeah, it's the thing I, I find, though, too, is that, you know, while we don't, we've met Sol, we're about to meet, uh, who we're about to meet in this episode, and then we meet sort of our final, I guess, of this new trio in the final episode, um, the show doesn't lack without them. I feel like it's, it's, it's not like you're missing them. It's kind of like this show isn't all about these people. Whereas Lost Season 1, sometimes like you may be Mr. Ben or you may be Mr. Desmond, you know. Whereas this time around, Breaking Bad, you never feel like these people are 100% needed to make this show.
1: Well, on the Oz Network, you never miss a Ben. So, you know, that's that's, that's always good. Um, good good, good I, answer, Nick. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I've often thought these last three episodes of season two are almost like a trilogy. Like mm. I think kind of things just kind of get set up in, in one and then carried through to two and then it all comes together in, in the season finale. So um, I, I really like thinking about them as kind of three acts together. And, um, and it, it'd be quite interesting to see, you know, as we rate them, where they kind of fall in our rankings. Cause I think I might have have a bit of a slightly controversial take on this which we'll kind of get to as we get there but anyway i suppose we should we should maybe kind of um kick off the episode and um it starts straight away with like this kid biking through a neighborhood and we kind of see combo in his kind of like white track suit this like ridiculous white track suit kind the of looks hamilton, like,
0: the hamilton evening wear <laughs> i
1: was gonna say he looks a bit like um pitbull you know like yeah excellent like cool yeah yeah um and um so you know and he's obviously you know dealing in this kind of like I don't even know what this is just like this scuzzy neighborhood. It's like, it's, you know, like it's just, it's a nothing. It's not even like a strip mall. It's not a nothing. It's just like this empty space that kind of nothing exists in, which I find quite strange. But, um, and, you know, and then, you know, these guys come over and there's this kind of interaction between him and these guys in this car, and this kid starts circling him on the bike and, this car kind of, you know, goes and parks around the corner and that's where he kind of calls Skinny Pete and says he's worried. Well, it's funny how everybody calls Skinny Pete. He seems to be the guy at the middle of, of everything, doesn't he? Um, and, and these guys, you know, they kind of drive around the corner and they park up and um, you're kind of expecting them to kind of like turn around the corner and, and you know, kind of come after Combo, but uh, it, it's not. It's the kid on the on the bike who's been circling him who suddenly turns around and, and shoots him several times and uh, Combo's dead. That's the end of Combo. Yeah. I'll have a large
0: combo with extra fries. Um, apparently. Yeah. I, I think, I didn't I mention, was it last season? Like, oh, what happens to combo? And, and you mentioned this and yeah, I forgot about this kind of situation, but I mean, yeah, this is kind of the the nothing. I mean, this was that map they were looking at, wasn't it? Like, oh, this is the turf. This is where it is. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> you know, here we are. But um, Look, I mean, I have nothing against Combo, but I mean, I think of of this trio. If you're gonna lose one out of Skinny Pete and Badger, you're gonna lose Combo, right? Um, no disrespect to Combo, but hey,
1: look, yeah, I, look I, the only thing I'm the only thing I'm not gonna miss about Combo is that fucking hairstyle, <laughs> like, with that ridiculous kind of like not even a mohawk. It's just like a, it's... a non-shaved like strip down the middle of his head. It's just like it looks like a bum crackers. You... I, I hate his I hate his hairstyle. Do
0: you Do you remember um, 2002 World Cup? Ronaldo, as in the Brazilian Ronaldo, had that little, like, yep. almost like a soul patch on his head. Yeah, yeah. um Like, and that was a cool thing. Like, it's kind of like that, but extended. Yeah. You know why he had
1: that thing, eh, Ronaldo? I had no idea. Oh, it was because he was like Roberto Carlos and about three of them that were bald in the team who all looked kind of uh. similar. And so it was so his son could pick him out on TV. That's why he right. had that. So, which I'm not, I'm not sure that's why Combo's doing this, to be honest, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure I'm I'm going with
0: that. Well, I mean, look, I see it. Uh, It's it's kind of like the cool running thing. How about I draw a line down the middle of a head so it looks like a butt? Um, That's, you know, (laughs) kind of the line there. Can I say quickly on a tangent, I'm sad that we live in a world that uh, whenever people say Ronaldo was a football player, they talk about the Portuguese guy, not the Brazilian guy. Come on, Uh, I liked him a lot better. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a... A kid basically shoots him. You know, that's it. You know, bye bye. Uh, It's kind of, it's a bit confronting, but I like these two stooges in the car just giving him the death stare. And what, what does he say? Like, you burn or you stop and envy? <laughs> like just, I love these one liners that these guys have. Like, I mean, I wish I was cool enough to you know drop a, a one-liner like this to people
1: <laughs> I, I think what's amazing about the show is that I think on any other TV show this would almost be an automatic top five and hmm. I, I don't think we're spoiling too much that this probably is not going to make our top five <laughs> like it's it's such a nothing scene but like just you know even the way he kind of like he turns around and the look on the kid's face as he shoots him and he kind of like shoots him through this this kind of big gulp cup or whatever that he's got it's kind of like it's a really shocking moment like you kind of don't realize what's happened for a minute and then you know kind of he makes a run for it and this kid shoots him to two or three times in the back as he kind of runs away and you get this kind of scene of combo line and a pool of blood kind of like gurgling. And it's like, yeah, like in, in any other show, I think this would be like a really top level moment. And on this, it's just going to be one of those ones that we probably forget mostly, which is kind of crazy which I'm going to say now, there are
0: three potential top five moments in this episode, and in the next three episodes, there's a myriad of them. I think there's four in the last episode I've written down, and there's at least one next week. Um, and next week's I think, is probably the solidest one out of all of them. But, yeah, I, I, I it's, a, it's a valid point. If this was anyone else, if this was Skinny Pete or if this was Badger in, like, season four or season five or something like that, like, yeah, absolutely. And maybe it is just it's the fact that it's combo. But, like, the thing as well, like, this kind of I always forget that this scene happens and that this really sets a path for what's going to happen in this tr- like without this happening Jesse's probably not going to happen what happens with Jesse then Jane then Walt and like it's kind of this is the beginning of the domino effect isn't it so it's yeah. kind of it's interesting to think that yeah this is a pretty significant scene and yet uh, yeah I'm going to I didn't even possibly mark this down as a top 5 moment sorry combo <laughs> um, may you rest in peace
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's probably just because of who it is and th- that it wouldn't be but yeah it just kind of strikes me that it's just such a cool scene and quite confronting with like a kid um kind of doing this i think it's just it's amazing to me that we're there's, just going to kind of almost brush over this and move on which is yeah kind
0: of there's a scene in um you can always relating to our shows but there's a, a season six of third watch i believe it is there's a kid who shoots a gang banger basically in, in the middle of the cop station and that did make our top five it's very confronting as well but um Yeah, maybe we're just, maybe we're just, we live in the hard streets of uh, our respective cities, Nick, where kids shooting people is normal. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't a big deal. You're from Hamilton.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This happens all the time. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we go through the credits and, and we get on to what's essentially just a little setup scene here, which is Walt and Schuyler with the doctors. So they're with their regular doctor, but also the surgeon who says that uh, the tumours reduce so much that it can be surgically removed. Um, and they reiterate to, to Walt that he's on borrowed time. And unless he does this, that, you know, like he's going to die. So this is this is his way out, the potential way out. Um, and that the surgery is going to cost between $170,000 and $200,000, which is in and. it in an ex- a huge amount of money, right? You can buy a mansion um, for that in Hamilton, yeah. can't you? Yeah, <laughs> and buy a whole street. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, and, and then we kind of get the whole thing that Skyler's due in two weeks, which is nice. We've actually got a bit of a time frame on this now, finally, because I think we've talked a lot about what's actually going on with the time frame of all this thing. Um, and um, so they bu- book the surgery in for four weeks, which means that the baby be born, then Walt can kind of have the surgery. But they said you know n- any longer than that would be a risk. So yeah, it's just it's just a bit of a setup scene. Gives us some time frames and and tells us what's going to going to be kind of an essential part of the next couple of episodes.
0: One thing that I noticed in this scene, that god-awful ugly bear statue that's sitting on the table near the window. I'm staring at it right now. It's kind of annoying me, actually, um, how ugly it is. I don't know what the point of it is. And it's just literally on a table. I thought that was a windowsill. Somebody put a table at the window. I'm going, let's put a bear statue at the, you know, I don't know why, but um, mm. random thing. This actor, now I'm just looking here, this Dr. Victor Brevnik. Um, he's familiar. Sam McMurray is the actor's name, and I should have really done this before we came on air, Uh, but he's off something. But, um, yeah, I I do like the way they have to reiterate that, um, you know, he's not, like, again, I think we talked a a little bit before about how, um, you know, any certain shows will all of a sudden have a sickness, it will just go away. Like, they're they're very, um, you know, prominent here in saying that this will buy you more time. So it's kind of, I do like the fact that realistically, then all of a sudden just going, oh, you're going to be fine um so yeah but um yeah like i, I the time frame of it you know is was good and yeah going with that way uh doug he's doug from friends he's chandler's boss the one bing oh, slaps him on the butt yeah yes. right
1: yeah yeah absolutely that's who he is <laughs> yeah yep. yeah so that's, so that's that's two friends characters in breaking bad so far yeah it was yeah.
0: Quite good, at, you know, like completely tight ty- against tight ty- cast. Like maybe it's a thing. Maybe that's just Vince Gilligan. You know, get Brian Cranston from a bit of a sitcom yep. background. So let's get some Friends actors. So, yep. um, you know, ah, oh, here's a random thing. You and I were just talking about Black Widow. No spoilers, but the post-credit scene. What's a face from Seinfeld? Yes. In the Marvel uniform universe. I was like, yeah, is well, that she's, such and such? <laughs> well,
1: she's, well, she's actually in the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show. So it's a little uh, bit of a... Yeah, if you've seen right. the TV show, it makes a bit more sense. But um, okay. yeah, it's still a, it's still a cool bit of casting, to be fair. Yeah, because um, I was blown yeah. away.
0: I was like, I didn't realise. I mean, she wasn't exactly super serious. She was a bit funny. But at the same yeah. time, I'm like, okay. No, I like it when they do sort of these types of actors in these types of movies. Yeah, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. buy it
1: yeah right okay so we we move on and uh waltz back at school and he and he pulls out his uh his second cell phone which is hidden in the ceiling um and calls jesse and this is where we find that, that the combo's dead and i love his reaction of which one is he <laughs> <laughs> you didn't um, just say that <laughs> yeah yeah um and you know and so we kind of get this whole thing of um you know then then jesse's kind of talking with with skinny pete who's at his house and um you know the, Skinny Pete gives him the hard word, you know, everyone knows Jesse didn't kill kill Spooge, you know, that the word is out that his his old lady did it or whatever he says, um, you know, and and Skinny Pete's like, this is just getting too hot, you know, like – this, you know, we're into somebody else's territory here. This isn't good. Um, why did we have to push into somebody else's turf or this kind of stuff? And and so, you know, we're kind of getting this whole thing that these guys have, have gone just a little bit beyond their abilities here and it's starting to cost them. And um, you know things are bad when Skinny Pete's out, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's true. And I actually really like this scene. Uh, Charlie Baker is really good because he's kind of like, you know, he's just comic relief, a bit silly, him and Badger. But when they actually have like some serious stuff, like, you kind of feel for him here, how he's just kind of – because he mentions it, what, Badger's back in California. Oh, yes, um, yeah. He's on probation. Uh, like, you know, he can't risk going back. And just the way he's just kind of like, no, you know, sorry, Jesse, I'm out. Like, it's mm. kind of it's, – it's just, yeah. And I, I'm with you. Like, I love Walt. Like, which one was he again?
1: <laughs> it's just, I um, yeah. I, 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 it's one of those things I always often forget um, – the physicality of skinny Pete, like he's so well named because he is just like this really sinewy skinny guy. And sometimes when you just see him and he's kind of in like this, this kind of skin tight shirt thing that he's wearing. And it kind yeah. of just like really reinforces that he's just like, yeah, just this tiny little guy. Like in of he is really skinny. It's just like, yeah, it's um, not called
0: chubby Pete. He's no, exactly.
1: Pete. exactly. Um Yeah. And, and, you know, then we kind of, we kind of move on to this next thing, which is in Saul's office. And I love how it starts out with, um, <laughs> With Jesse using the scale, the scales of justice as ashtray. Yeah. is my—I absolutely love that. Um, and you know, and Saul's kind of impressed with the amount of um, stock they have on hand. Um, but you know, like the, the the underlying problem that they've got here is that they've got lots of product, no infrastructure to move it. Um, and this is where Saul kind of says, "Oh, I've got a potential dealer that we could we could work with." So we're kind of just getting the setup here of you know, Saul's going to put them in touch with somebody that might be able to help them move this product.
0: Which, uh, like, I don't want to spoil Better Call Soul, the TV show, but, like, does this back up? Because has he not met certain someone in Better Call Soul, or is he only just. Because uh, he says, like, I know a guy, I know a guy who knows a guy, or is he just saying this that, I mean, he's implying that he doesn't directly know Fring? Because he's met Fring in Better Call Soul, hasn't he?
1: Look, I, I, to be honest, I can't remember like my last watching of the show. I think I've only watched Better Call Saul through once, and I think until we see that show in its entirety, I think questions like that are going to be left open. You know, you would hope that, mm. um, and and I think kind of um, as we've I think we've we've mentioned a few times before is that. You know, little lines that are set in Breaking Bad kind of get paid off later on in Betacle Saw. And so it w- I would be very surprised if they don't tight, because I think one thing that they, they seem to be intentionally doing, maybe to a fault, is tying up every potential loose end that's ever existed on Breaking Bad through Betacle Saw. Um, and that might be one of my criticisms of it is that it's just it's so tight that like I actually didn't need all these things to be completely tied up. Um, yeah. So I, I think we probably will find that out if it hasn't been revealed yet. So, yeah.
0: There, I mean, look, there are definitely some of those things that I do agree with you. You mentioned like the Star Wars thing. There are some things that you don't need explaining. Like you just, you go out of your way. Like, you know, why is he called Han Solo? Like, oh, Chewbacca gets a medal. Like, I mean, like just come on. Like sometimes you just leave things be. But that, that, when there are really subtle and only let the real diehards know. Like I I'm kind of okay with that. I like the payoff when it comes to like something so little that you have to really kind of yeah. know. But um yeah, I I like I, I just like Sol's explanation of like I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. Um but I also love his line here. He's like, I'm gonna lay it straight in the line here for you guys. You guys suck at peddling meth. <laughs> <laughs> like just the way he kind of does that. Um and is this the line when Walt's saying, like, it's just we take one step forward and two steps back? Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. which, again, is kind of, well, I think we've mentioned that a few times, haven't we, that as soon as they get ahead, something happens, you know? Yeah. So, and for the most part, like, it's, it, it is their doing, but I, I think more next season it's kind of can be blamed more on sort of their doing, why they kind of go a path they go, but whereas, like, here it's sort of, yeah, it is, but... Also, I don't know, like they're just they're not smart enough to realise that by going into someone else's turf you're probably gonna get shot. Because isn't this where also souls like um you know, gangbanger uh, drug dealer getting killed in the line of duty? It's kind of it comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like yeah. That. It reminds me a little bit of that line from is it Batman v Superman? It's like, you know, in another news water is wet, you know, like yep, it's yep, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it makes Pretty. me happy when someone quotes Batman v Superman. Great, I great feel. Yeah, I love that movie. I, like, I, know yeah. it's got its prob- I know it's got its problems, but uh, I think it's uh It, it made my top
0: 50 movies of all time and my top 10 of the decade. I proudly right. own my love for Batman v Superman. Right. Great, great movie.
1: Yep. Yep. Anyway, we 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 are so good at getting off track, aren't we? But uh, so if um, we stayed
0: on track, these episodes would be done in like twenty five
1: minutes. Yeah, it would be no fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But our next our next scene, anyway, is um, Jesse and Jane, and um, you know Jesse's not himself, and and you know um, and Jane's asking what's going on, and and um, you know she figures out pretty quick. He's like, I need to tell you something. It's Like, oh, you're a drug dealer. Like, yeah, no shit. You know, <laughs> like he's not exactly um, not exactly making it hard to find these things out, um, and. You know, he he just wants to be left alone. He's kinda of like, Can you just leave me alone? I want to smoke some meth and um and tells her to leave. And um yeah, I, what I love about this scene, especially is Kristen Ritter at the end when she kind of goes up to the door, you know, and kind of just like it's not acting against anybody. It's she's literally just like standing against the door with her like hand on the doorknob and then, you know, kind of makes this decision to kind of turn around and I, I just love that little bit of acting, you know, like she has made an internal decision that we don't know what it's going to be yet. Um, but it's just like this, this little subtle moment that I absolutely love. And she obviously turns around and goes back into the room, you know? Um, But I, yeah, I just, it, there's nothing to it, but it's just really, really well done, you know? Um, And so whatever reservations I might have about this particular storyline, and I do have a few, I think you can't take anything away from Kristen Ritter and her, her acting in this, this show. I think it's just, it's really quite subtle for the for the character that she's asked to portray, and I I just love it. I think it's really, really good.
0: Yeah, I'm completely with you, and I, I'm just going to spoil my feelings on it because having watched ahead, but like I I think I'm more into this whole Jesse Jane storyline than I ever have been before. And I, I kind of was expecting to feel worse on Jane as it goes on remembering what happens, but I kind of don't. Like it's kind of weird. Like I don't want to sympathize with this character because I, you know, she makes this choice ultimately that kind of leads down to the thing, but it's kind of just. I don't know how to explain it, just the way these two kind of end up. And it's, you're right, like kind of just, Jesse's in such a shitter right now that he's just kind of gone, boom, I'm just going to start using drugs again. And then obviously kind of turns Jane into it and kind of enabling an enabler with each other. It's going to send them down a pretty shitty path. I will say, the one thing I don't like about it in the next sort of this trilogy episode, it does seem to happen quite quickly. Yeah. um, Which maybe stretches out over a few more episodes. That's my one thing about it because, um, you know, we kind of had Jesse down on his luck earlier this season. It kind of got turned around quite easily, and then you kind of think he's doing okay. Then all of a sudden, boom, he's back to absolute rock bottom. So um, my only criticism it. But, yeah, that, that, I'm with you with Kristen Ritter, just kind of that. that, And, again, you, it's one of these things where you don't need to show the graphic nature of her picking up a pipe and, you know, breaking a sobriety. Like, you're going to sort of see that soon, but that's enough to kind of know that she's, she's making sort of a, a shitty
1: choice. Yeah. And um, you know, to just read another little passage out of my Breaking Bad one oh one, The Critical Companion by Alan Sevenwall and not so much that he's gonna sue us, but um <laughs> but you know he writes about this episode that you know three times in this episode a character jane then skylar then walt is forced to make a choice between what's right and what will feed their craving for jane it's heroin for skylar it's ted and for walt the chance to keep dealing drugs and making money three times a character closes their eyes for a moment and tries to convince themselves to resist temptation and do the right thing and three times they give in and i think this is the first time that we see it and I actually think it's the most convincing of the three, um, which is saying yeah. something when, when the other two are, you know, our two of our most celebrated actors on the show. So um, yeah, I just think she needs to get a, a, a little bit more credit maybe than she's been due on the show for, for being really good. And let's be
0: honest, you're not gonna dangle a carrot in front of us by saying that she's eighteen months sober without expecting her to yeah. jump off the wagon. It's it's no oh. different. Nip tuck, like when we meet Gina at Sexaholics Anonymous, you know, like as if she's not gonna fuck Christian. Like I mean, yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's it's there. Like you're yeah, not gonna mention absolutely. that unless you know she's gonna this is gonna happen.
1: Yep. Um, and then we kind of move into um, the next scene and here we are. We're at Los Polos Humanos. Oh, um, yes. which is Which I think translates to the Chicken Brothers, right? That's I think that's what it's meant to be. Sure. Um, and... <laughs> um, yeah I keep saying I want to get some t-shirts but I feel like I want to get a Los Polos Humanos t-shirt now as well which, which
0: you can I've seen oh, people yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen them
1: around all over the place yeah they're in kind of like this horrible yellow color that the the staff wear which is why I've never really thought about buying one myself but <laughs> um, there's there's only so far I can pull these things off and um, bright yellow is, is definitely not one of them but you know and obviously with the, the first shot we kind of get inside the restaurant and you see, you know you see Gus straight away like he's there as the manager kind of behind the scenes and it's really quite clever how he's just sitting there and now walt comes in and 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 he just waits you know and he sits down at the table and he kind of waits and um jesse arrives late um and they don't know who to look for and you kind of get these scenes of kind of walt like looking at these people kind of meeting and trying to figure out like some of them look like shady dealers and some of them just you know just look like normal people i suppose but you know he's kind of waiting around and um and then we get the man himself you know gus kind of comes over as the manager um and you know asks if everything's okay and he's completely unassuming you know i think that you you, you plays the part particularly well you know you wouldn't assume anything of this guy that he's just this this um mild-mannered kind of manager who's just kind of asking them if everything's okay um and you know then jesse is just agitated and leaves you know and, and and that's really our scene you know it's like the first time that we kind of see all this it's pretty um nonchalant really but it kind of sets up the fact that this deal is right there in front of them and they they just can't see it because he's deliberately set himself up to be like that.
0: Which I say too, but um, with the restaurant, I was reading that apparently there's been years and years of people trying to get a real, uh, Los Polos Hermanos up and running, but apparently they've just never been able to get it. I think they've even gotten Giancarlo Esposito to kind of jump on the bandwagon and do it. But um, for some reason or another, it's never happened. I don't know why, but um, it'll surely happen at one point. I mean, Bubba Gump Shrimp exists. You can go to Bubba Gump Shrimp.
1: Um, well, Schrader Brow exists, as we found yeah. out our last episode or the episode you, before. Duff Beer, you
0: can buy Duff Beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I remember watching this for the first time um i can't remember if i automatically knew that gus was bad like i like i don't know like do you remember watching this for the first time and seeing this guy assuming this is a the guy they have to meet I, I can't remember
1: well no no absolutely not um and i don't think you're supposed to really i think it's one of those things that's fun to see in, in retrospect that you know you obviously see that panning show at the start and you see him right there and and then obviously comes and introduces himself and um yeah you, you kind of don't you I don't think you're meant to assume it and that's, what's really cool about it. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a, it's, it's for such a major character. It's such a, um, an assuming way to, to introduce him.
0: Yeah. Uh, and like, the one thing I'll say, like, you, you eat at a restaurant in the States and generally you will always have the person come over to you. Is everything, like, everything okay? Yep. Like, you know, but I don't know if they do it quite at a fast food. I've never been to McDonald's and had a manager come up to me <laughs> and go, how's your cheeseburger? Everything <laughs> to your satisfaction. So, obviously, Gus goes out of his way. But, um, yeah, like I, 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 like, I like Jesse's white sort of hoodie here with a skull and whatever the hell it's going on there um what does he say like oh yeah we're you know really living the high life now while we're eating our happy meals or something like yeah yeah
1: but yeah um, it's it's um yeah Uh, and i mean you know one of the takeaways you meant to have here is that jesse thinks this is a waste of his time and and you know he's high and 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 all that kind of stuff so i think that you know we're kind of kind of sowing those seeds of doubt that gus is going to have later about jesse so i in a, in a sense this is just set up but it's just so fun to talk about because this is the guy that we've been waiting to see for such a long time and now here he is so yeah it, it's cool and i think this is one of those things that's for the fans right like once you've seen the show and you go back and watch it this is one of those scenes that just has so much rewatchable value because you get to see things that you didn't you didn't really need to worry about the first time you're watching this so yeah it's cool
0: yeah absolutely and it's kind of always good when you have those little moments and everything and it just makes me want to have chicken I just, um, I mean, this is, as we're going to find out in every single bloody episode, basically, this chicken is the greatest chicken ever. So it
1: gives KFC a run for its money. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah And what How many How many stores Across the three states Or something But uh, yeah. yeah Anyway he's all over the place Yeah Um. So then we uh, We go to Skylar get an ultrasound and, and Walt turns up late um, And you know Sees, sees the photo And Skylar's kind of a bit Pissed off that he's late And um, decide that she's Going to be getting A C-section The following week um, And you know So you know We've got a date We've got a birthday All that kind of stuff um, And then Skylar's Got to be back Because it's Ted's birthday And she's picking up the cake or something <laughs> i forgot
0: about that scene in this episode oh no um
1: so yeah a little a little oh. bit of setup but again there's, there's a few and this is why i like to think of these last three episodes as kind of a trilogy because there's a lot of setup in this episode that um although you know to be fair the kind of um the birth thing kind of pays off in this episode right but um but, but anyway so yeah just another little setup episode a uh, little um scene sorry um then jesse arrives home and um and Jane, Jane's in bed, and this is where we kind of... I don't think you immediately realise, but you realise pretty quickly that she's high, you know, like she's on something. Um, and I think probably, like, when he comes in, is there, like, a pipe right next to her or something like that? Like, I think you see some paraphernalia that makes you realise that, you know, um, there's, there's kind of something's happened here that she has kind of broken her her kind of sobriety streak um and yeah he wants to go to the museum you know like he, there, was, there was a bit of a callback to something that she mentioned a few episodes ago but uh yeah um she's kind of fallen off the wagon here so uh, yeah it's a, a bit of a turning point for her character
0: jesse wants to see the vaginas basically <laughs> That's um, right, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like the fact that when Skylar's basically like, oh, isn't that Friday, Friday the 13th? And the bloody Doctor was like, oh, ho, 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 Like, I wouldn't want my baby to be born on Friday the 13th. I'm like, yeah, no, no, thank you. Especially you've um, got a choice. Yeah, I mean, you see, have seen Die Another Day. Well, Jinx, born on Friday the 13th. Come on. <laughs> um, people might say <laughs> that was a Jinx on the uh, the James Bond franchise. Let's see what happens <laughs> there, you know? Um, but, yeah, I kind of like, I just... Just every time she mentions Ted, I just cringe. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to get – I'm with Walter here. Like, why do you have to pick it up? Because I said I would. Like, well, no, doesn't matter. Like, what yeah. are you doing?
1: Yeah, um, you're like eight and a half months pregnant at this point. Like, why are you running oh. around doing errands? It's ridiculous.
0: I I'm with Walt there. But yeah, I mean the sort of the setup when you see Jane here and kind of the house is just absolutely trash. There's bottles everywhere and everything. And yeah, she kind of just gets some of the crystal and lights up. Kind of has a question with the, the the crystal, right? Does does Jesse pay for this? Or does he just kind of like cook an extra batch for himself? Like, you know, like is this is this what Jesse spends his money on? Like, I mean I'd like to know. Well, this is is this ever brought up?
1: Yeah, well I think probably it's something that comes up in later um, seasons and episodes of, you know, that um he, he starts to skim a little bit off the top, you know, and um, and so yeah, I think at this point we're supposed to assume that he's using what money he's making to put back into his meth habit. So whether he's kind of, you know, cutting a bit off the top and, and still paying Walt so that Walt doesn't know the difference um, yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, the, the mechanics of how he's getting that kind of is, is a little bit unclear at this point.
0: We also haven't really mentioned that uh, they've gotten rid of the, the camp chairs. They've got a couple of like Barker lounges as well, Jesse, so he's, he's moving up in the world. But, I thought um, they might
1: do the kind of Chandler-Joey, like both all yeah. you know, the things at the same time.
0: <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of like the bit when sort of she's – you know getting getting ready to smoke the the crystal and kind of he just has that look on his face it's almost like a guilt look of like uh oh like what have i done
1: yeah um, and i think kind of one of the things i forgot to mention in the last scene between these two is that you know like we get this real thing about jesse blaming himself about combo that you know he was out on the street because jesse wanted him out on the street and so and that's going to be a pretty common theme for jesse about feeling guilt when something bad happens you know that he takes responsibility for all these things often when he shouldn't um and he internalizes them a whole lot which then leads him to take drugs you know it's kind of like a vicious circle for Jesse and um you know this is another episode where he's kind of just falls into this kind of deep hole um due to something you know external that's happened that you know you could argue is his fault but you know I think he's only one of many cogs in a wheel so mm. whether he should be taking it quite so personally I don't know
0: it's interesting you point out about the choices because it, it is kind of a yeah an interest I, I watched this video today it was kind of like a recap on season two and they sort of talked a lot about yeah, these choices about how people kind of have sort of almost like normal moments in their life and all of a sudden they make choices which send them down a path. They basically point out that Hank is kind of the only one who sort of doesn't and he's kind of the straight character and that, like, he's kind of facing the stuff that Walt should be facing, that he's the one who feels like the guilt... And, like, the the pain of, you know, being in a shootout and kind of facing this graphic stuff where it's the other way around for Walt. So, like, it was, it was an interesting parallel that I'd sort of never really thought about before because even though I mentioned, like, Marie, like, you know, sort of uh, making excuses for her shoplifting and kind of, you know, Skyler and Ted and, you know, Jesse and the drugs and, like, it's just kind of it's a it's
1: an interesting path. So, mm. yeah, it's
0: a, it was a fascinating little short video. I wish I could remember the name of the channel off the
1: top of my head. And, yeah, I mean... Uh lots of great analysis online if you want to find it especially as the show goes on i think and i think one of the things that's been quite fun here is that there isn't a lot of analysis on the first couple of seasons so we're getting to maybe turn a little bit of ground that i haven't well compared to what i see in later seasons it feels like everybody's got an opinion on the last couple of seasons yeah
0: well this season two is meant to be all about the domino effect right like the choices we make and kind of what essentially because i mean that's clearly as you said the trilogy of these last three particularly kind of this big mystery about the opening and the black and white stuff like essentially what we're watching now is just the the domino effect of choices that are basically going to cause what's going to happen at the very end of the season Mm. So, which is is interesting because like on the grand scheme of things I feel that this season doesn't ultimately affect everything like I mean what happens at the end of this season isn't something you're talking about in season 4 but it's still kind of I mean maybe for the character of Jesse and things like that but I mean sort of the big big thing that happens is nothing really related overall to the overall story
1: yeah I think it's a couple of things I think the kind of the legacy of jane on on jesse as a character and the, the scars left there i think is something that we keep coming back to but um yeah i i, I agree i think it's i think season two is a lot of setup for what happens in, in three four and five but um with lots of great stuff happening in the middle as well of course but uh, look we, we can't we can't not talk about Ted's birthday oh. party any longer we hear he's having some phone call in the office which kind of indicates that there's some business problems um and he comes out and um, they've got a surprise birthday party for him and um you know blows the candles out and skylar sings this marilyn monroe um happy birthday which just is so cringy and so terrible like i just i just want to fast forward through it every time i see it it's just awful 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 awful
0: I don't care for this storyline at all. I don't care about Skylar slutting it up with Ted. I hate this storyline so much. Uh, I'm a Skylar defender. I will defend Skylar, but this just gives me the shits. Um, And can I just point out, Ted still is just, oh, I can't stand this guy. Like, he's just nothing about him. a slightly appealing. I'm more interested by the women in this scene who are more concerned about the wax dripping on the cake. Like, there seems to be this thing of, hurry up and blow the candles out. The wax is dripping. Oh, but she can sing me happy birthday. Oh, hurry up. The wax is getting on the cake. Like, I want these two women to be major characters, not fucking Ted. I want the bottom of why these two women hate wax on cake.
1: Yeah, there's some there's some issues going on there. I I I really feel sorry for Christopher Cousins, who's who's playing the Ted character, because I feel like, you know, I I think I said last time, like no disrespect to him, I think he's he's acting this perfectly well, and I I just think it's just such a one dimensional kind of character, and um, I I just I don't really get the kind of chemistry between these two. Like I just it doesn't really seem to be there um and so we're kind of trying to force something that i just don't think is really happening and it's a real shame because it kind of just you know it it kind of just you know distracts from the other cool stuff that's happening in this episode
0: i'm looking at what else he's been in um he was glee really god i don't remember him he's been a lot of things that i've watched i don't remember him in glee he was in (laughs) Uh, Unreal, maybe it's I've, I haven't seen the last couple of seasons of Unreal, so maybe that's why I don't remember him. Nine One One. I mean, he's now in General Hospital, which speaks a lot for you know the type of actor. But um, yeah, I, I just uh, I just don't don't like this at all. Like it's just so, and I want to defend Skylar so much because I like Skylar and I feel bad. Like we'll get to the end of this season and I will defend her, but the beginning of next season, nah, nah, I'm done. I'm not defending her with the storyline at the beginning of next season. I'm sorry. <laughs> She brings it on itself <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well let, let's quickly move on because unfortunately we're going to have to come back to that shortly but there's a there's a great couple of scenes in between which I'd much rather talk about which is you know Walt's back at school calls Saul about the dealer and um, basically we kind of get you know Saul telling him that the dealer was definitely there and, and he's not interested in doing the deal uh, which you know um, Walt's kind of just beside himself about um, and, you know, and, and there's a reason for this right because obviously he needs that money now that 170,000 that he needs to do. The surgery has kind of become a bit of a thing that that needs to happen for him. So um, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting little setup that you know Walt does need this deal to go through, really. Um, and this is where we kind of get, um, you know, Walt kind of goes back and goes back to Los Pollos Hermanos, um, and you know he kind of just sits there for ages, kind of looking around, trying to figure things out and who might the dealer be. And and then you see him kind of realize that it's Gus, which is really cool. He kind of has this realization on his own, um, which I think is really good. Um, and then then they talk, you know, like he says, Oh, can I have you know five minutes of your time or whatever it is? And and they have this talk, and you can see kind of like the just the, the kind of visual change in Gus. Um, you know, like he suddenly is goes from like this mild mannered kind of manager guy, um, who's a bit nerdy, and then just suddenly becomes like just his, the tone of his voice changes, the you know, his kind of face tightens, and you realize who he really is. And um and and I just really love it. And you know, it all comes down to like he doesn't trust Jesse um, because he, you know he says, you know, your partner was late and he was. High, um, you know, never trust a drug addict, um, and it's just a, it's just a really, really great scene, um, you know, of these two, and and just this first moment where these two are interacting for the first time. Um, it, it's just fantastic because it's just going to be the interactions between these two characters are going to be some of the best stuff we get in Breaking Bad throughout its entire run. And here they are having this first interaction here. It's um, it, I just love everything about it. It's just it's really, really good. It's just it's played well, Um, feels believable. And um, yeah, we're starting to get who Gus really is. And, and his ability to kind of switch between these two personalities is, is really impressive.
0: One thing I want to mention before I forget it, Sol's like mustard coloured <laughs> yeah, shirt like. with a, <laughs> he's got a little hanky in his top uh pinstripe jacket. Um, <laughs> don't know how I feel about that. But yeah, I mean look, I, I'm just saying this now. This is one of the three scenes that could be a potential top five of this episode. The meeting between yeah, Gus and uh Walt. It's it's incredible. And yeah, Giancarlo Esposito is just amazing. Like, as you said, just the way he can kind of switch that face on. Like it's just I think I remember this scene all of a sudden realising that this guy actually is who he is and just kind of how he switches it. Um, Oh, it's so good. And just the way he kind of explains it and just everything about it. I mean, you know, Giancarlo Esposito is an incredible actor. I, I, I hate the fact that he was in Third Watch and he was in, I think, like the second or third worst episode of Third Watch in the history of the damn show. He was in such a terrible episode of Third Watch, which was so bad. Um and obviously now like hamming it up in the Mandalorian, I mean, kind of you know you go from this real subtle sort of calm mannered bad guy to just this Bond villain esque, uh you know bad guy in Star Wars. It just suits him, and I know he's in the latest Far Cry game that's coming out this year as kind of the main villain as well. Um, but I mean, this is why I love him. Like I I liken him so much to Ben on Lost. Like it's just kind of this mild mannered, just calm sort of villain who is just an absolute prick. I'm not trying to spoil it here with Gus, but like he's just just the way I love that type of villain. It's kind of they're just so calm and just collected and then I mean it's kind of very similar on Lost. Like when you meet Ben and he's Henry Gale, like you kind of believe that this guy's just a you know, somebody has been taken in mistakenly as a hostage and all of a sudden you realise he's bad. I mean, kind of it's a shorter turnaround here on on Breaking Bad where you kind of meet him as just the manager of a fast food place, but then all of a sudden it's quite boom. But, yeah, this scene is great. Like, as you said, any scene between these two is going to be fantastic. Um, It's just so well acted, so good, and just, you know, like here we are saying that this guy is, like, the big bad and massive and, like, people have probably never watched you. Sorry, Colin, I'm going, like, how? Like, how does this guy, like, but just... You just this, the moment he turns at his facial expression, everything is all you kind of need to know about how this guy can turn and just everything about him is just amazing. And I, I even like the way it kind of ends when it's just like, he's like, will you be in contact? Like Walt's desperate. And then kind of he just turns to him with that little smile and is like, I have your number. And then he basically straight away like goes frowns back again and just walks off like, ah, oh, so good. So,
1: so good. And I think one of the crux of this this scene is really where Walt kind of says that we, you know the two of us are alike, we have a lot in common, and 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 you know that's where Gus kind of cuts him off and says we actually have nothing in common. You know, like Walt sees himself as an equal to this guy, and and Gus obviously doesn't agree with that. He doesn't he doesn't see Walt as careful, and 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 Gus's whole persona is built on you know he is very very cautious about how he does business because he's doing something that's illegal. He wants to make sure that you know he he is got his bases covered that nobody's going to ever suspect him of this kind of thing and you know bringing walt into this and 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 his concern at, the, at this time is jesse like that threatens that ability for him to be careful and be unnoticed and and so that's a major part of it and i just love that that kind of interaction where walt sees them as equals and gus certainly does not see them as equals and and that's going to be a real kind of tension point between these two characters
0: yeah. which i also like too i like i like walt defending jesse you know, when Walt's kind of like who I do business with, uh. you know, it's, you know, I trust him, you know, yeah. he, he listens to me. Like it's, it's kind of, yeah. I like Walt going into bat for Jesse because yeah. it's sort of few and far between. And when he does, yeah, I, I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. No, it's great. I wish we could talk about this all day, but unfortunately we do need to move on to uh, <laughs> <laughs> Skylar and Ted with uh. the finances. And, you know, and she's found these irregularities and the finances and um, basically unreported whatever's like i honestly just don't care about this it's just but uh, i mean the, the crux of it is is that ted has been you know cooking the books more or less and not reporting income or whatever um and and he basically begs her not to report it because it's not just him it's you know the other employees and their you know their insurance and their medical care and all that you know so it's not just about him and i'm um, kind of kind of ends with her going you know like i'm not going to report it but i can't be a part of it and she leaves you know so it's that kind of that kind of set up I suppose you'd say but yeah I mean it's a functional scene and a a boring subplot
0: I don't really have anything that I don't care <laughs> I really don't like it's kind of okay it's setting up something for Skylar kind of moving yeah, yeah. forward with that but it's like well I, I, think,
1: I, I think you know obviously the scene ends with us thinking that Skylar's out on this and and you know like we might as well just come to it's not the next the next scene in the show but it's the you know one removed from it so we might as well just talk about it this now and then we're kind of out of the storyline for the rest of the episode where you know she leaves and then we see her kind of come back and you kind of I think it's seen from Ted's vantage point within the office and he kind of looks through the blonde and sees that she's kind of pulled up and she's back there to help him out. So and whereas here she says she's out, she's not going to be involved, here she is coming back into it. And so this is kind of a, you know, this is kind of where this, this storyline kind of ends for now, I suppose, although we've got one final scene here, I guess, um, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's all kind of pretty boring setup for a not great little subplot is, is my kind of way of, of talking this one through, I think.
0: Yeah cuz what does this add that he's going to take it to the hospital yippee uh. yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so so yeah it's um it, it is what it is but anyway we kind of um we move on and we see Jesse kind of smoking it up um and um you know we get a, a, a voicemails left for him uh, Skinny Pete saying that um, he was at the fu- at combo's funeral and everyone was there including Badger had come up from from Fresno I think it is Fresno California yeah, wherever Fresno. he is. yeah, yeah um, and you know he's obviously not gone and and so you know that's a bit of a big deal um Jane arrives and she's she's got this heroine and and um, you know things are taking a quite a turn here you know like a, I don't really know what the the um, you know what what the kind of hierarchy of drugs is, but I, I guess probably heroin's one of the worst, right? um And it's certainly shown, like if, if Jesse's a pretty frequent meth user, but um you know if this is a first time for him getting getting into heroin, which kind of tells me that it must be a pretty pretty big deal, really. And um yeah, we kind of see that you know Jane preparing the the heroin and kind of talking. You now he says, "What's it feel like?" And she's just kind of like, "What'd you say?" Like it kind of has this this. Um, I can't remember exactly what she says, but kind of, you know, this, this horrible feeling at the start, but it passes and and you will know, be all right type of thing. And it's quite a confronting scene where you kind of see her preparing him up and, and injecting him and, and and then it obviously ends with this really, really famous scene I think from breaking well, I think it's famous, maybe it's not, which is Oh um, no, I, it, I agree with you. I'll talk the, about the, that for sure. Yeah, the 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 Jesse floating scene where obviously he takes the heroine and we kind of see him like collapse onto the bed and then he starts, you know, floating um to this in this song called enchanted by the by the platters um and it's, it's a really cool effect where like he's so high and and it kind of to me just really shows like you know like how it's impacting on him and he kind of floats up and you see Jane kind of injecting herself in the background as he kind of floats upwards you know it's a, it's a really cool effect it's kind of hard to talk about you kind of just need to see it really Um but one thing I really really like about this is that you know I, I constantly am going on about how TV shows kind of shorthand drug uses you know somebody's life going to shit and you know like everything's terrible and yada 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 and you kind of never see this which is like the reason people use drugs is because you know their life is shit and they're going through a really really hard time and it kind of numbs the pain on them and kind of just this kind of floating scene with jesse kind of just um you know it it kind of tells that other side of it that you know it takes the edge off people in a really serious way and there's a reason why people do this to themselves you know it's um because it makes them feel good and um i think that's just kind of what this shows and yeah, I, I just love this scene. But he just he sells it to me like it's yeah. This is one of those scenes that I don't know. Is this kind of a a um, one of those scenes that you either love or hate, or is it one that everybody loves? I, I've never really um. quite known. <laughs>
0: I think it's one of these ones that is always in like the montage or like a selling thing of break. Like, I don't know. Like it's, um, I mean, I, I've got this down as potential top five cause I just think it's iconic. I'm with you. Like it's, it's one of these scenes that whether you like it or not, like it's, you know, this scene, you know, it's with the ATM on the head. It's, it's with the body through the floor. Like it's, you know, it's, it's iconic. I mean, you said it. it's, it's very confronting. Like it is, um, this is a show, which I know you've mentioned before, it doesn't necessarily celebrate the use of drugs. It's it's very rare that they do, um, and this is maybe the most prominent scene where they they full-on celebrate. I don't say celebrate because, like, it's it's confronting enough that the methodology in which they're doing it, like, she's mixing uh, meth and heroin, adding, like, all this stuff to it and kind of the process of stirring it, and then you... I, I don't know. Like, this is... I'm sure this is realistic. I've never done it before. Um, and then, like, even the injection and just kind of the the, like... I, can, I would love to talk to these two um, about acting this scene because, like, it, it would be, like, the way they've got to do this and the way that Aaron Paul sells this. Um, like, I I, the, I don't want to say I like this scene. Like, in terms of I, I like the way it's shot and the way it's crafted because this shot of him floating up uh, is incredible. Like, this is amazing camera work and cinema it's like the way they put this together is beautifully done and i don't know if this is just aaron paul on a green screen with sort of a crane going up underneath it if he's literally on some sort of flatbed and they've put a pov cam on him like i'd love to know the the technicalities how they shot this scene because it's brilliant um and the song just fits and like yeah i but outside of that i i don't necessarily like what we're seeing in the fact that they kind of are celebrating that, as you said, that this is what you get from drugs. Like it's, it's personally something that I'm not an advocate for, but it's still just crafted so well, because as you said, you could kind of have this go the other way of just him passing out and kind of, you know, Matt and Kimber on fucking nip tuck, you know, burning themselves and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's, this is a very famous scene of Breaking Bad. Like, you know this scene. Um, If you heard this song on the radio, you're going to go, that's that song from the scene where Jesse floats in Breaking Bad. Um, So, yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of – this might be one of the most divisive scenes, but even though it's very famous.
1: Yeah, it's funny because, like, I've got this this other book, which is, you know, the official Breaking Bad book, and, you know, there's a whole scene on it about kind of camera angles and, you know, like – the show's known for having some great kind of camera angles and often PO views, POV views that kind of show different objects. So like it might be a POV of a, a shovel or a sink or something like that. And I thought there'd be a section in this book that kind of talked about the scene, given that it is that really different POV. Um, so I think maybe that's something that we're going to have to look into and see if we can um, maybe provide a bit of an answer in the 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 series recap, was um, the season recap, Sorry, because um, it is a really great scene, and it feels like there is a good story there, but I don't have it, and so I, I feel bad for not having it. Sorry, listeners. God, Nick, you've got
0: the books. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what's going on, but uh, yeah, look, it's just, it's just one of those scenes. Like uh, we've talked so much about this show, known for its scenes, um, and it's just, yeah, like I think, I think this is maybe. Th- I've talked to people about this show and you explain what it's about and I've had people go, well, that doesn't sound stupid. I don't, I don't care for drugs. Like I would never watch a show like that. Um, and I can understand that. Uh, but at the same time, like it's kind of, you're judging a show before you're watching because you're assuming it's going to be scenes like this, right? You're just going to be shooting up and celebrating drug use and that sort of stuff. And I mean, we're going to get a scene next episode, which is almost the complete, the finale, I should say, which is basically the complete opposite of celebrating drug use. It's kind of the complete advocacy of why you should never do drugs. Uh, You know, we had that with uh, Spooge in that earlier this season too. So I would argue there's more scenes of showing why you shouldn't do drugs than doing drugs in this series. Um, But, I mean, this is just one of the few that, uh, yeah, that you kind of get, which I'm sure you've got all your, your heroin addicts and everything going, yeah, that's right, that's correct, that's why I do it.
1: But I think that's the important thing to tell is that, you know, there is a reason why people do this, you know, like it does make people feel good. And I think showing that is an important part of the show, you know? Um, So, so yeah, it just works really, really well for me. Listening
0: to the Oz network makes you feel good.
1: It it does. It does. It absolutely does. It's, it's like a hit of drugs. I'm sure. It is.
0: That's what happens when I listen to myself talk. I float up to the roof.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've got, we've got addicts everywhere. Absolutely, we just don't we know They just ad, addict
0: listenership base.
1: Yep, don't need their Oz network hit or they go crazy. Um,
0: <laughs> if if, the, if if that is you, if you're listening, sign up to our Patreon. Yeah. Get even more just content. Get, I'm
1: making you get more addicted to us. Go on. Yeah, just get a little taste, and you'll you'll be in.
0: Exactly, that's our tagline.
1: Um, yeah. right okay so we move on and um we've got a scene where walt's kind of overseeing this this test and at the school um and a phone goes off and he's you know really angry about you know who's you know who's got a phone on eh? and obviously it's his phone going off in the ceiling and he kind of like oh it must be something in the pipes you know this kind of thing um checks it and it's you know basically you know, get to Los Pollos Hermanos straight away. He kind of goes, and this is where we get our kind of first introduction to Victor, which is this great henchman that I think we see a lot in, in season three, um, a little bit in season four. Um, and yeah, it's he, he's a great little henchman. I, I really enjoy him. And basically, like Walt's waiting around at, at, at the restaurant, waiting for somebody to give him some information. And eventually, nobody gives it to him, and he starts to walk out. And Victor kind of just stops him and says, you know, like, what is it? Kind of like rest area 13 or whatever it is like be there within the hour um and that's all the information he gets you know i've just yeah and you know be there or never show your face ever again so you know we get a, a very a very clear kind of ultimatum for for walt right here which i love i absolutely love that and it kind of just sets a ticking clock for us um and and yeah, and then we kind of see him, you know, like he races off to to get the meth from Jesse's house and um Jesse and Jane are obviously in bed completely kind of like comatose from having done heroin. Um and um yeah, in between all of this, we obviously get just a little cut scene of Skylar going to labour um, just to kind of, you know, set the stakes even higher, which is really good. I love the kind of cuts on this and the kind of the music behind the, and it's not even really music, it's kind of just like, you know, just like ramping up the tension. It's really, really great. Um, and, you know, eventually, you know, there's no answer at the door, you know, um, Walt has to kind of like break the back window or whatever to get in um, and manages to shake an answer out of Jesse quite literally that, you know, it's, it's all under the sink in the, in the kitchen and he finds it and puts it into a garbage bag and and kind of heads off um and yeah i just I, I just absolutely love this stuff it's just it's so so good um and yeah in between getting all this um this meth out of the out of the sink he gets the text that the baby's coming um and kind of ends with this the episode ends with like this anguished expression on walt's face of like what's the decision he's going to make which i think this is one of the most effective kind of cliffhangers from episode to episode i think we've had for quite some time kind of just sets a stake of like he's got these two these two choices to make, right. Of like, does he just go ahead and, and kind of, you know, get the, get the deal done, or does he go and see his wife who's having a baby? Like what's he going to do? And I just love it. I just, you know, I can imagine if you're watching this week to week, this would have, you would just absolutely love this, you know, because it's like, Oh my God, what's going to happen. So yeah, just everything about this last kind of, you know, four or five minutes of the show just is, is intense. It's fantastic. Um, Yeah. Just, just brilliant fun, really. I remember watching
0: this one, and like I didn't watch it live, like I was binging it. But I, this was definitely one of those ones where you're like, "Fuck, I've got to watch another episode," even if it was like three in the morning, and you were yeah. like, "Ah, oh, no, no, I've got to watch another one." Um I just want to text you and just say polos. Like, just that's all I want to say. Like, just text my phone.
1: <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like, that's,
0: that's all it uh, It's kind of a trope, isn't it? We're just going to see that. Um, I, do, I do like him with the test, though, so and it's like, phones off, please. And it's <laughs> just he's, he's always like, Oh, it's the pipes. Um, I like random manager woman. At uh, Los Polos, <laughs> like I just I love their go-to line, but they're just like, if you have a complaint, I can refer you to our website. <laughs> like it's just it's just a daily occurrence at Los Polos. Like oh complaint, go to our website. <laughs> like off you go. Um, but yeah, like I would. Uh, this is my third nominee for top five this episode. Um, like the, sort of the whole sequence, basically. Um, I'd probably say from the moment Skylar, like after Skylar's like you know. Uh, uh, um, to just the, the race of him showing up at Jesse's house, like banging on the door, just the desperation. Like, I mean, the acting here is just second to none. I mean, Brian Cranston's incredible. Even Aaron Paul passed out on drugs, the way he's just kind of, you know, explaining this. Like, it's kind of, it's, it's great. But, I mean, the, it's, it's almost heartbreaking when you see him look at the phone and you see baby is coming. And you just see that look on his face and you're like, holy crap and he's like, Not now, not now, not now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just it's heartbreaking. But yeah, so incredible. Great scene. I do the one thing I will question though is how did Jesse get all that meth underneath that board so perfectly and sit it up so as soon as you pull it down it all falls down? That's my only question. Yeah. But um yeah, no, I mean God, this is yeah. I mean, three in this episode alone, potential top fives, uh just incredible so good and um yeah
1: there's actually like a little kind of um kind of cue as well about um you know like when he kind of wakes jesse up jesse kind of has like this kind of like vomit spit come out of his mouth which is a nice kind of like you know Mm. reference to to the next episode as well which is which is great i think i think there's actually just like um lots of great little scenes here that kind of make this kind of yeah as I say the last kind of four or five minutes of the show just just really really good like just absolutely love it um so yeah I, I I just love the tension and I think you know like um I know Vince Gilligan's not the director on this and, and we should actually credit the director of this episode because but I think that there's a real style that Vince Gilligan brings as a showrunner to kind of just amping up tension so much that you just like Oh my God, you know, and that whole thing, like you say, if you're watching this on a DVD, regardless of the time, you're going to have to go and watch the next episode. I mean, that's exactly what you are aiming for as a showrunner. Like, you just want people to not be able to stop once they start watching the show.
0: It definitely, you know, what it, f- it feels. This like should be a penultimate episode of the season. Like the finale is the next one. Like it's kind of interesting that this is the third last episode. You know, we've still got two more to go. So, yeah, no, it's 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 great. You just you just want to watch it straight away. And um, one thing I will say though, as a bit of a neat freak, it kind of annoys me that he leaves such a mess on the kitchen floor when he leaves. <laughs> like you know, all that garbage on the floor is kind of giving me a bit of uh, you know the heebie jeebies.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that's not kind of clear is how, how how tight time will be for him to get out there in an hour, like how far away this truck stop is that it's going to take to get out there. Um, you know, so I'm assuming that it's going to be an absolute stretch. So like there can be absolutely no time wasted. And so you know, like smashing windows and leaving a mess, whatever it takes, he's got to get out of there as soon as he can.
0: Yeah, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not the first time he's just left rubbish all over the floor when he killed Crazy Eight. You know, come on. So. <laughs> well,
1: well, I think we can kind of move into our um, our ratings for this episode. Um, so I think this is a really interesting one to talk about, and um, I'm going to let you go first this time. I think.
0: Oh, okay. I just, I just, I wanted to just quickly look here on the trivia that Mandela means circle in Sanskrit which is a reference to the Buddhist teaching of will of life. As the episode starts with the death of Combo, ends with Skylar going into labor. So I don't know if it was meant to be like a, a Nelson Mandela thing. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm buying it. Absolutely. I, I think that any episode that has potential top three, uh, top five moments in the three top five moments is a buy. Um, I mean, it's not the greatest episode, but it's still good. I mean, God, we've got Skylar singing happy birthday to Ted Beneke in it. Like, that's a shit moment in it. But if we had an anti-top five, that would probably be number one. But um, yeah, no, I think it's a it's a definite buy to me. I mean, there's enough in this to yeah, and the fact that it ends on such a great way, like yeah, absolutely, absolutely a buy for me.
1: Yeah, and and I'll totally back that up. It's a buy for me as well. I actually, I'm really high on this episode. Um, to the point like where, Jesse. I, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm very high. I'm very Jesse-like on this episode, and um, I I think this episode is, um, a few Ted Binnicky scenes away from being like. A top five for me basically is what i'm trying to say here um and um i've actually got this as number six so this is sitting underneath this is sitting underneath grilled it's above peekaboo for me which might be a bit of a um A a controversial opinion but I just think the tension on this is just so good we get to meet a really key character I think I love that Jesse Drug scene so much I just think it's so good Um, but yeah the reason it doesn't sneak into my top five is because of that Ted stuff it's just it it just drags on the season unfortunately Um, not on the season on the episode Um, and I just wish it was a little bit tighter with some of that stuff. Um, and I think that's a little bit of you know us as people who have watched this whole show knowing what happens with the TED story, so I'm not going to spoil any of that. But um, I think if you look back and, and the TED stuff was different, you might have a bit of a different opinion on it. But I know what happens, and, and so I'm able to kind of think about that. But yeah for me every almost everything else in this episode is fantastic um it's just the ted stuff sucks so that's why it's not it's not a top five for me but we're as we're as close as we can get i guess at at number six
0: well i've got this at number 10 uh so i've got this just below negro e azul and just above 737, um, which I didn't think I was going to have it that high. But just looking sort of below it and the more I think about it, yeah, I think kind of it's about middle of the road for me there. But it's interesting on, on the ringercom I think I mentioned this last week, but they had this at 46. Uh, they have this one spot lower than last week of over, which that was the worst episode to me so far of Breaking Bad. So that's fascinating. Um, and I think, like, alone, like, God, I mean, the moments in this episode. But, like, I mean, the fact this is the introduction of... of of gus like i mean and it's and it's done in such a cool way like it's yep. kind of you know that in itself is enough to sell it so um yeah well, without a, the ted a, stuff who knows
1: i mean on imdb it's an 8.9 which i feel is a bit rough like you know i think it's worth more than an 8.9 and um just to spoil the next two episodes are 9.2s um so oh, I, think it, I think i think in comparison, I think that that's really interesting. And, you know, I'll have, I'll have plenty to say in the next couple of, sorry, 9.3s, not 9.2s. Um, and, you know, so I'll have a lot to say in those next couple of episodes and, and kind of what I think of them and compared to this one. So it be interesting to have that conversation. But, um, yeah, I, I just feel this is one of those slightly underrated episodes. So, um, you know, and, and I always talk about that thing. If you're just going to chuck an episode on and watch it and, you know, this is a great one to watch, you know, it's lots of fun. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you're going to be disappointed if you kind of flick this one on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think kind of, yeah, I'm sort of heavily mentioning the the three potential nominees. I think any episode that has iconic moments in it, like also can, yeah, save, a, save or make an episode. And if you got potentially three, I'm not saying all three will make it, I'm not saying any of them will make the top five, but it's, you know, if they're in the conversation, Um, even if it's just the Ben Waterworth conversation, I don't know about the Nick Chester conversation, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, like take away any of those scenes and maybe it's different, but, um, yeah, I mean, an iconic floating scene, the meeting of Gus and Walt and kind of uh, the emotionalness at the end. It's yeah, it's pretty Mm -hmm. iconic.
1: Mm. I love that. Um, just looking at the the trivia on IMGB. they're all pretty self-explanatory. You know, like first appearance of Giancarlo Esposito. You know, obviously. But I love the one that's in here. It says "frings," where a combination of French fries and onion rings sold at a burger chain, Harvey's, in Canada. So, Colin, have you been to Harvey's? Um,
0: I've I've heard of Harvey's. I don't know if yep. I've been to it, but and um... by
1: and also by Jack in the Box in the in the US. Oh. So it's a good. Character oh, Jack you know. in the Box is great. Jack in the Box is a
0: good chain. I've yeah been a Jack in the Box.
1: Um, so, so having having a, a character named Fring owning a, a fast food chain, um, when there was a product called Frings, yeah, I can I can I, see it. it's a bit a bit of a stretch, but yeah.
0: Well, you do see they got like the curly fries, so I wonder if that's meant to be sort of a, a homage to that. But I I just want to say that Giancarlo Esposito is one of my favourite Justin Bieber songs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I'm glad you appreciate that joke I because tell. like. <laughs> <laughs> I told that joke during hockey commentary in Canada. There was a player called Esposito. I said that line whatever. I got like Did you just
1: make a Desposito joke? I'm like, Yes, it was funny. <laughs> Come on. It's pretty bad, but you know, like, I know, it's oh, terrible, it's,
0: yeah. but it's also hilarious at the same time.
1: It's also meant it's meant to be terrible. Slightly Story sorry, of the yeah. Oz
0: network. It's kind of funny but also terrible.
1: Yes, I would agree.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's our number one review on iTunes right now. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I'm really looking forward to getting into next week's episode, Phoenix. um, You know, like ramping up the tension again, we kind of get a bit of resolution as to what's happened at the end of this episode, which is great. Um, Yeah. And, and um, one of the most iconic, um kind of scenes of the whole season, if not the whole show coming up. So I'm um, really looking forward to talking about that one next week, which is which is a great episode. The way I
0: heard it described, like yeah, this scene, like I remember watching this episode and that this scene, and like, holy fuck, like it's very confronting. Um, but I heard this scene described, and I just want to say this now because I might forget about it next week. That this is the scene that we get Walt turning into Heisenberg. From this moment on, he's no longer Walt Walter White, he is Heisenberg um so and i think yep i pretty much agree with that um so yeah and like there's other great stuff in the episode too like it's not all about that one scene but um yeah it's it's yeah plenty more still to talk about moving forward with this uh season
1: yeah absolutely and um look forward to to continue that conversation but in the meantime if you got any feedback for us please make sure you you send it to us follow us on all the usual social media platforms um feel free to um to join us as a as a patron on the patreon as well so lots of options if you do want to get your next fix of the Oz network um and if you want to complain you can always check out the website so you know like there's there's always that option um but as for now looking forward to talking next week but we'll leave it here for now Uh, my name's nick and uh, why don't we both get happy meals and sit here like a couple of (laughs) chumps and my
0: name is ben and look let's end with some tough love all right are you ready for this here it goes you two suck at podcasting period. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our